Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Good morning, church family here and there. So good to have each and every one of you this morning. Turn with me to John chapter 1 is the main scripture we will be in. And yes, Bo, I gave you those scriptures in the right order, but I'm not going to make them flip-flop them. (laughs) So um, this is a message. It isn't even the message that I started out with this week because um, I was going to do a message about alabaster. Maybe you saw the box back there. Um, today is Alabaster Day. You can drop in your alabaster offering. Um, and if you forgot and, and bring it next week, we'll leave it up for a couple of weeks for you guys to remember that. And, and just to remind you, alabaster is the offering that we take up that helps our missions around the world. Now, this isn't just an over there kind of thing. They use alabaster funds here in the U.S. as well. Um, and considering all the storms we have been having lately, something tells me these alabaster funds may get used more in the U.S. than they have in the past. But everything you give to alabaster goes straight to that fund. So it helps to build other churches. It helps to build parsonages. It helps to build hospitals. Um, it, it goes in so many directions. Whatever is needed in the building to give a foundation for the church around the world. Um, so that's what Alabaster does. Um, but that was sort of where I was going with this. And in fact, I had to throw it on Brittany yesterday. I said, by the way, I changed my sermon. It's, it's going a different direction now. <laughs> because God gave me this, uh, this one sentence yesterday morning when I took a little walk out my driveway. What if the life you are chasing is not your best life? What if the life you are chasing, the life you are living right now, everything that you are focused towards, that you are working for, is not your best life? Now, I'm not saying it's a bad life. It can be a great life. It can be a good life. But what if it's not your best life of what God has for you? You see, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus was talking about being the good shepherd. And he tells us there that the thief's purpose, our enemy, Satan, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But he said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's how the New Living Translation puts it. A rich and satisfying life. And so even when we're living a good life, the enemy can steal, kill, and destroy. Because sometimes when we're chasing that life, it begins to strangle out time for family. It begins to strangle out your time even with the Lord. We don't have time to stop and do those devotions when we're running really fast. And so it still cannot be the best life sometimes that we're on. You know, every day when we wake up, we're chasing some kind of life. You know, you may be sitting there thinking, BJ, you don't know my life. It ain't really all that great. Well, it may not be great, but it's your life. And it's your choices that we make every day that we chase them down. We go to work. Why? To pay for the lifestyle we have or that we want or that we're trying to achieve, or digging us out of a hole because we made wrong choices 
on life. Every day we wake up, we're participating in activities that represent what is important in our life. We make choices every day on on schedules. And man, I know, I, I raised two kids. Man, that gets crazy sometimes. And, you know, my kids, Brittany, not so much. She's the introvert. She didn't really overdo her schedule too much. Alex was my extrovert that I had to say no to sometimes. And I only recently figured out that for the rest of my life, I'm probably going to hear this thing where he holds this grudge against me because I didn't let him do cheerleading his senior year. He had never done it before. And he already had so much stuff he was doing. I wasn't going to add one more thing. You know, and I thought it was just one of those fleeting moment things. And recently in a conversation, I realized, oh, that one was really important to you. Sorry, I couldn't tell. You know, parents, you know what I'm talking about. We get blamed sometimes for that. But every day we're, we're chasing a life. Every day we're hanging out with people that shape our lives. Every day we're developing hobbies that feel that fun side and that, that, that little clitch in our, in, in our life. And as we're chasing that life sometimes, it even becomes more like a snowball and feels like it runs over us and overtakes us and like we lose control somewhere. And that life that, you know, six months ago seemed really cool now is wearing us out. We really are chasing it. Because we're just trying to keep up and, you know, it it snagged us along the way and we're just tumbling down. Oh, I should have done that clip, Thomas, the the baby rolling down the hill that the mama lost control of, sitting there watching. You saw this clip? (laughs) She was sitting at a soccer game and, and I'm talking little baby. And you can't tell from the video how much of a hill this is until this poor baby starts rolling down the hill and mama is running, chasing it to get in front of it. Baby was fine. But I thought that's what life can feel like sometimes as we're chasing this life. It overtakes us. But Jesus said there's two purposes in life, according to what I just read in John 10. We either are listening to that voice of the enemy, and his purpose is to still kill and destroy us. Or we listen to the voice of the good shepherd to find the rich and satisfying life, the best life. That God has. So again, you can be living that good life, but it may not be your best life yet. And I don't care what age you are in here or at home. You maybe haven't achieved the best God has for you yet. That's kind of crazy to think about. What I'm reading today is John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. These are the first disciples. Since the following day, John, again, standing with two of his disciples. Now, this is John the Baptist we're talking about here. Okay, this is John, the one, the voice in the wilderness. He's been over here baptizing people. And and, and please understand, baptism that John did is different than what we do. Okay, Um, it was more of a, a cleansing process for worship, preparing you to worship, okay? But he's out here, he's he's baptizing people, and he begins to tell people, Jesus is the Lamb of God, okay? So that's what has precursored this moment. It says, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. 
And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around, saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Well, come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. So these two disciples that we are looking at today, this little snapshot, is giving us an idea of what it's going to be be like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is the first ones, all right? So these were actually John's disciples. Did you catch that? Because I'll be honest, I I don't think I've ever paid a whole lot of attention to that part of the story. These were John's disciples. That means they've been following John, listening to his teaching, following his lead on things. He's their guidance, their spiritual guidance. He's that voice in the wilderness, and and they've been listening to everything that he's been prophesying about. And they were learning from John about the Messiah. So John has been teaching them about the Messiah. And then when Jesus shows up, he says, that's him. That's who we've been talking about. That's, That's who we've been studying about, that I've been talking to you about. So... You know, he's been pointing everybody to Jesus, and then he finally exclaims it again. And what happens? Those disciples heard what John said, and they switched teams. They began to follow Jesus Christ. They became his disciples. See, I've never just stopped and pondered that for a moment to really catch on. They said, John, man, you've been great but we're going to go follow him now because he's the one you've been telling us we were waiting on. Church, who are the teachers in your life? You know, the ones who have taught us about Jesus. If I was to ask you, who taught you about Jesus? We probably have some names we could list. Maybe a couple, maybe three or four. It can vary. I think as we grow, we get new teachers for that part of our journey. We have teachers for for different reasons. You know, I I have pastors that I I call when I need a pastor question, when I need a pastor's heart to talk to me. And then I have pastors that I call when I say, hey, I'm just calling this BJ today. Can we we chat? See, we, we have those people. But in verse 37, it said that these two disciples heard this from John, and they followed Jesus. They made a change. Do you see what's happening in their life? Something shifted in their life. They were no longer the disciples of John. They will now forever be remembered as Jesus' disciples. And I think that's why I missed that little piece in there. Because we know Jesus' disciples, right? But we we sometimes forget what did their life look like before Jesus. There was a change, a shift from, from hearing about Jesus to following Jesus. Church, we can come in here every Sunday and we can hear about Jesus. You can log on with me every week. We can hear about Jesus. But can you tell me that moment where you shifted? and began to follow 
Jesus. I mean, I'm honored to be anybody's teacher and and help guide you. But I'm telling you, look, because there's the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ is the one we follow. It's not me. It's not, it's not any other pastor we watch online and churches we, we like to hang out with. No, we follow Jesus Christ. But there has to be a shift in you. You have to make that shift. And then the next thing I see in verse 38, in verse 38, um, Jesus looks, he, he realizes somebody's following. He hears the footsteps crunching and he turns around to look and he says, what do you want? Now, in other translations, maybe yours says, what are you seeking? Now, remember, John 10 told us that, you know, what life are we chasing? You remember, remember where I started with this. The life you are chasing may not be your best life. And so now these two, they've shifted, they've changed. We're going to follow Jesus. And he says, why? What are you seeking? What are you chasing? What are you looking for? What are we seeking in this moment on earth? What is our focus today, this week? Is it just a good life? Man, that's the hardest thing to try to evangelize people with when they have a good life. I don't need Jesus. you got a good life. Got a good home, good job, good wife. Life is good. And it's not that I wish bad on people, but it's hard sometimes to talk about Jesus to people when life is good. Are we, are we chasing financial security? Everything we're, we're worried about this week, is it because we're chasing that financial security? Is it, we're chasing that, that legacy, that something to leave our kids. Well, guess what? You can't take it when you go, and they can't take it when they go. But I promise if you give your family Jesus Christ, you've just given them the best gift that will never, ever die. You gave them life. So, so the things that we are so tied up in today. What life are you chasing? Because I'm telling you, there may be a better life, the best life. And Jesus asked him, what, what are you seeking? What do you want from me? See, that's, that's really what he's asking. Because they were following John, they were learning about Jesus. We can know about Jesus without knowing Jesus. Man, let that sink in and let let that just sink in a minute. You can know about Jesus without knowing Jesus. I know way more than I want to about President Trump right now. I know way more about Biden than I want to right now. But I don't know him. You can know about Jesus without knowing him. So you have to understand, to follow John was just academic. They were learning. They were still searching out the Messiah. To follow Jesus, it will rock your world. It will change things. Now that can sound really scary. Because you're like, oh, 
My world is already rocked enough. Like I can't even take one more thing in 2020. But I'm telling you, with Jesus Christ, you won't ever regret it. Now, he will change everything. It changes how we live. Can you think about this for a moment? I really got to thinking about these disciples of Jesus. A bunch of fishermen, tax collector. They had other jobs. But when they followed Jesus Christ, they changed the world. But it changed their life. They didn't just go back to doing what they did. Because sometimes that happens when you're getting your best life. Sometimes what we thought were was good, oh man, Jesus says, just wait well, I, what I got to show you. Because he has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. But you have to make that shift from hearing to following to seeking. And see, seeking is more than just, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Where are you going today? No, I want to learn what you're doing. I want to see what you're doing, and I want to replicate what you're doing. So, you know, when I became involved in ministry, it really was because that man became involved in ministry, and he became involved in ministry because David Baker got him in ministry. And that's sort of how we started. But somewhere in that process, my life shifted. I went from hearing about Jesus on a Sunday morning, because that's all we were, Sunday morning goers, right? But then we got pulled into ministry. And, and in that process, I don't know if we taught our teens anything, but man, what God taught us. And somewhere in that process, me just learning the word. Because see, when we first start in this Bible, it is very academic. It is just cut and dry, just trying to read some words. But I promise when you stick with it, there comes a day it shifts. And there comes a day that you go, I want to follow Jesus. And then you begin to get hungry and you, you keep diving in the, the word because then you begin to seek Jesus out. So there, there came this time in our ministry that things for me began to shift. And all of a sudden, I was seeking Jesus above everything else. Because I started as his secretary. You know, he, he worked. I stayed home with the kiddos. And so he would pick out his lesson and kind of make notes. And then he would say, hey, type this up for me so it's cleaner looking and I can focus on what I'm teaching. So that's what I did. I was his secretary. He made notes. I typed it in a more presentable fashion so it looked better for his eyeballs. But somewhere in there, it began to teach me. <laughs> and somewhere in there, it began to change me. And everything shifted. Life changed for Thomas and I. Because what started out as a piece over here, okay, we'll do a little bit of ministry. Man, ministry became our focus. And things began to shift around us. And, and so much so that even with his jobs through the years, 
There was decisions that we would make on his jobs based on, well, how will this affect me in ministry? And yes, there's been times with our jobs that, you know, it took Thomas out of ministry and, and because he had to work a night shift or something, you know, there are those times. But when we could make those choices, we would make them based on what it would do in his time in ministry. So much so that when he, he got this latest job, his boss actually knew enough to ask him. So like, you know, there may be a little bit of travel. Is that going to be a problem for you? Because he's known to know he's got church responsibilities and family responsibility that comes first. And he explained to him, yeah, he's like, man, if this would have happened a few years ago, maybe not. But, you know, I'm an empty nester now. Things are a little bit different with my family dynamics. And and a little travel like that is not a big deal. But that's what happens when you shift to follow Jesus. It changes your life. So church, listen to me. Why did you come here today? I think if Jesus was standing here, that's what he'd ask. What do you want? Why'd you come? Why'd you tune in on live stream with us today? What do you want? Because I hope it's not just to come hear me. I hope you're here seeking the Lamb of God. That's who I want us following. That's where I say, tag your it. See, because that's that's the vision I have of John the Baptist. Because, you know, John the Baptist is going to start losing followers, right? And in the world of church life, that could be a bad thing for a pastor, right? <laughs> I remember somebody asking me uh, about a family, oh, several years ago. And I was like, man, do you think they're okay? And I said, I know exactly where they're at. They're in another church. A church that I know is a, a, a Jesus-believing church just like us. That's all I could want for them. No hard feelings. It didn't bother me one bit. Now they leave the church and they're not in church. That's a different story. Let's go get them, people. Let's get the flock back. But if they're in a church, because, see, I don't want them following me. I want them seeking the Lamb of God. I want you going home and I want you opening your Bibles and seeking for yourself now. Because see, there came a shift. John was no longer the teacher. And they had to make this shift in the dynamic of their life of following Jesus now to become a student of him. You need to get into the word to become a student of Jesus Christ and what God has. Because the life that you're chasing may not be your best life yet. And I say that because you haven't started following Jesus yet. I I can tell you things that I thought about my life before Jesus and then tell you things that Thomas and I have done and my kids have done through the years and the travels we've done, and it's only because of Jesus. Because we shifted and followed him. Now, the last thing that I saw that they did, because they said, hey, we want to know where you're going. And he said, hey, well, come see. Come, come check me out. I love this. Come and, come and see, Jesus said. Just follow me. Spend the day with me. And it says they spent the day and they remained with him. And I just stuck with that. Because so many people are scared to go all in with Jesus. 
You know, for Thomas and I, we kind of fought that, ah, we don't want to do a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. Man, that's like radical. (laughs) That makes you crazy, church people, then. Jesus says, just come see. Come see what it'd be like over in, in my part of town. Spend the day with me. Spend the day. The, the disciples, you know, they just want to know where he said, church, what if the life you're chasing is not your best life yet? Because you haven't went all in with Jesus. You haven't truly sunk in and spent the day with him yet to let him rock your world and shift things. And I bet the truth is, if I ask you about your life, you'd say, I'm not satisfied. Man, I'm still, still looking. I'm still wondering what else. There, you know, even I got the job and, and it, yeah, the pay was good, but it, it ain't satisfying yet. Listen to the voice of Jesus when he says, come, come and see me. Come see where I'm at. Come over here and let me show you a whole different purpose. Because I think so many times when we're trying to figure life out, we forget to ask the one that created our life. He didn't just randomly drop us on earth, people. I'm not agnostic. I don't believe that there's a a greater being. He dropped us and he's no longer here involved with us. No. In fact, Not only did he come die for my sins, he sent the Holy Spirit to live with me now. We we have a travel companion with us, still leading us in truth, reminding us what Jesus said, but also leading us into more truth today. He picked up the baton for Jesus to keep working the ministry with you and I. Why? So you can find the best life that you want to live. You know, as disciples of Jesus, there comes a day that we have to choose. We have to choose to walk in and see what Jesus offers us. We have to decide on Monday, I need a little more Jesus time and pick up my Bible. We have to decide on Saturday, man, as much as I really want to hang out and, 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 just be with friends. I, I need to go home and get some rest because I, I need to make sure I'm at church tomorrow. See, it begins to shift everything we do seven days a week, not just one. Because too many times we walk in here, you want to hear about Jesus. I'm asking you, do you know him today? Do you know him? I mean, are, are you not? Just a little bit curious. Is there somebody, maybe it's not you people sitting here. Maybe it's somebody out there at home with us today. Are you just a little curious what life could be like if you were all in with Jesus? Man. And I know you haven't haven't tried it yet. You know why? Because you aren't seeking his word. Except when I tell you to open the Bible. (laughs) You, You aren't getting involved when, you know, I can tell when somebody is getting in tune with God because I start getting phone calls or texts and, hey, what can I do? And, hey, how about this? And, hey, hey, have we thought about this? You know, and I'm not saying all 80 people need to call me this week. That's okay. Just send it in a text. It'd be fine. <laughs> but you get where I'm going because that's the deal. You know, 
Thomas and I kind of got drugged into the ministry, but then once we flipped the switch and followed Jesus, the visions and the dreams began to happen like never before. You might be chasing a good life, but are you living your best life? Jesus Christ came to pay the price for our sin. You see, we all have something in us. You all have, we all mess up. Romans 3.23, we all fall short. But he paid that price. And on the third day, he rose. Do you understand how different that is from other religions? We serve a living God who was buried and rose again. And because of that, you and I have eternal life when we accept him as our Savior. So that's hearing about Jesus. My question is, are you ready to follow him today? Are you ready to seek him today? Are you just a little bit curious that you just want to see and spend the day with him and remain with him today? Stand with me and let's pray. Your, your pews are, are great altars this morning. Just because there used to be these benches we had up here, this was nothing special. There was no magic in these benches. Right where you are, you have the Holy Spirit with you today. At home, wherever you're watching from live stream, the Holy Spirit is right there with you. And maybe you have felt dissatisfied lately chasing the life you have. Do you want the best life that God has for you? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your, your son who came. And God, we, we thank you for the price he paid to give us freedom from sin. But God, this morning I'm praying for your people that they, they know that message. Maybe they said yes to that message, but they still haven't said yes to following you, Jesus. They have still not began to seek you in their life. To open up everything about life. Oh Lord, we're chasing something. But I'm afraid that we're hearing the wrong voices, Lord. I'm afraid that we're hearing that voice that inevitably will kill, steal, and destroy things in our life. Our joy, our happiness, our families, our jobs. God, I want them to hear the voice of Jesus this morning who says, I, I want to give you a rich and satisfying life. Just come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Lord, I pray right now that someone is, is laying that down. We, we have a big word for it. It's called sanctification. God, I, I want to follow you wholeheartedly. Here I am. God, and I know this could rock somebody's world, but I also know, man... There is nothing you've ever taken from me that you haven't given back so much more joy in my life. And God, you have changed everything about the direction of what I thought my life would be. And I am so thankful you did. Because you have the best life for me. God, I pray that for somebody today. May they release what they've been chasing to seek what you have. Lord, I thank you. I thank you this morning for your spirit. I thank you that even though when I, I walked in, I felt like things were just 
in a daze and disconnected. And I know it's the enemy. He was trying to still kill and destroy this message. But God, I lose from heaven your Holy Spirit right now to speak to your people, to change the hearts of your people. And may we hear the testimonies from that. Father, I just pray over the food that we're fixing to have together. And God, may it just be a time of fellowship that we we have been missing so much. And Father, may we just enjoy that time together as, as believers. But as we leave this place today, may we become a blessing to others because of who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.